0: Welcome to Wildbeats and Wizards. This is your host, Light, the Light Fingered Thief, and I'm joined by Logar here today. Hello,
1: this is Logar the Barbarian, and I've got a Dragon Mag with me today, like like I often
0: do. <laughs> I was like, Logar has reading material in his backpack today.
1: I've got reading material. I've always got reading material. This is Dragon number one eighty from ninety two, wasn't it?
0: I believe so. I'm trying to find that right now. Uh, it was April? On the- april of 1992
1: april of 92
0: where were you in april of 92
1: uh i would have been playing playing role playing games in my parents basement in cleveland ohio with my buddies (laughs) and uh would definitely would have been into some riffs at that time and there's a Uh, lot of speaking of which i'd like to point out there are multiple palladium ads in this from that time there's the robotech ad what page is that one on Robotech ad is oh it's behind the comic uh 107 I guess but there were a few others too. The ads in these things are great to look at.
0: Yeah, <laughs> I, I agree them. with you. I missed all the ads.
1: I love them. Uh, there's a lot of Cthulhu stuff in here, and the Shadow Run, and then there's these uh really good. I love these. That's the uh, AD and D cards, like a full oh sheet. the cards, yeah, a full yeah. sheet, yeah. And they have like NPC stats inside of them and stuff like that. You can. You can pull those out That's of awesome. random NPCs.
0: <laughs> hey, random topic. Did you see the guy that posted dragons like one through 150 issues for sale on no, RPG I didn't. auctions?
1: One through 150?
0: So it was like one to 150. It was going for like starting bid it was like $2,000.
1: Oh, wow. Oh, wow. Really? Oh, I should probably sell my Dragon Max and stop doing this. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Well, he had a complete run from like like one to like around 150 or 200 or something like that. I and should then,
1: have some pretty solid complete runs in so there. So he got had a complete a run, lot. and he, he
0: put it up there, and it was going for like starting bid. It was like two thousand bucks. Because I thought about, oh yeah, I might go buy this, and then and then I looked at a starting starting bid, and I was like, never mind. Ooh. I'll just go over. To, I'll, I'll just go over to Logar's house and read his copy.
1: <laughs> I've got I've got some duplicates of some. I've been I actually almost started trying to sort them out. I took one of the boxes. So so they used to be in like three solid boxes. And then what happened was I've been putting modules in the boxes and mixing the boxes up and pulling out Dragon Mags and mixing them up. So now in those six boxes, it's hard to say what's in where. So they're not even in the same three boxes I used to have them in anymore. Uh, It's okay. (laughs) <laughs>
0: All we gotta do is just go to lo- local comic shop and go buy some more magazine boxes.
1: yeah, oh, I got yeah, I probably do need to pick up a new box soon. I put some of the softback stuff I had in there on the, one of my shelves over here. I would like to get in there and, and and make some more space for game books and just keep the hardbacks up there. and I've been trying to chill out on buying so many of these little modules and magazines because <laughs> I got so many. <laughs> yes, these need more boxes. So what was the but article? We're going to
0: look at which one. Suspend your disbelief, I think, is the article by Tanith Teer.
1: So artwork by Joseph Pillsbury.
0: That's on page 11 of
1: Dragon Magazine 180. Is this, uh, so the artwork on here, if you if you go to the YouTube, I'm going to try to put a YouTube video up of it. I really appreciate the artwork on here. It's more reminiscent of what we get from old school essentials these days right. than it is what we would get from Dungeons and Dragons these days. Or even then, because they were they were leaning into some of that uh more serious type of art, but it's a great little illustration. You have you lawyers, have
0: lawyers and lawsuits is, is what they're playing right now, aren't yeah. they?
1: Yeah, the wizard. I guess it's a halfling,
0: a an dwarf, orc, and orc. goblin an orc and a red dragon, maybe.
1: Yeah, I think that he's an orange. Or gold, red, I don't know. And they're playing Lawyers in Lawsuits. And uh, yeah, it's a pretty good picture. I appreciate it. So Suspend Your Disbelief, I think, is an interesting article in light of gaming in the year 2022.
0: <laughs> I was going to say, we've had some very crazy years that don't make sense. but
1: <laughs> Well, the changes that have occurred in the gaming world... This is coming out of a realm where people were playing AD&D and making random dungeons where you just run into random monsters and they say and how they say things kind of didn't make sense all of the time.
0: Well, it was there dungeons.
1: wasn't
0: a, lo- a logical explanation for yeah. why which where which I do appreciate cuz obviously with logic it's like okay, we're going to have a random dungeon but then like you have a I don't know a ran- random orc here and then a random cube here and a random black pudding here and all of a sudden we got a bunch of treasure it's uh, you know not, n- not as much reasoning on why things were set up that way
1: yeah and it talks about like your towns and using your magic having logical consistency um, making your monsters more than just a monster that attacks like why does this monster attack so it's going into a lot of stuff that I feel is a mainstay of modern d d play probably leaning more into concepts of story heavy stuff and the world building like it talks about the urban organiz- organization and like is your is your world here like your city here is there a logical reason it could exist is there farms nearby is well, there a you source know,
0: of is agrarian is there a source of water like they were saying because you don't have water guess what you're probably going to die so did you like the piece about the sewage?
1: <laughs> I don't Oh yeah, where the sewage goes and stuff like that. You need to you need to be able to
0: It was a sewage disposal. There was a some article or there was an adventure they said that so the town had trapped a baby dragon that was burning all of the city's waste byproducts. So it was flaming <laughs> all the sewage. But then one <laughs> of the heroes ran by and freed the dragon. And guess what? The city had no longer a viable sewage system because there's no more dragon to go burn up all the poop. So they had to start paying all the clerics and magic users to go burn the poop.
1: (laughs) Man, that stinks. I tell you, that stinks for sure. (laughs) (laughs) So my children, my children, I could hear them cringe from the far. (laughs) You know, it's dad
0: jokes. We're we're recording this the day after Father's Day. So, you know, dad jokes are still loud, right?
1: Yeah, I got a great, I got some great, a great card for my kids. I've I made me so happy. I, that card really meant a lot to me. It was, it was so sweet. I, I love it. I'll have to read it to people or something showing off on the internet. <laughs> it was good. Anyways.
0: Anyway, so suspend your disbelief. So again, like you said, it, it, it's trying to have a little bit of a reason and logic of why things are happening within your game, right?
1: Yeah, like so when we're talking about magic, it, it goes over. Magic's one of the first things that it addresses on its own after kind of laying out that we need, you know, s- citizens spend all their time hanging out in taverns, offering a party gold and magical treasure to defeat evil monsters who romp around. You know, they have no way of having this gold. They're just out there with a lot of gold for some reason in the middle of a desert, desolate wasteland. <laughs> <laughs> um, But then it goes into the magic, too. And, and keeping that believable and consistent. Now, we're doing wild magic in my campaign, so the magic isn't going to be consistent.
0: Right, but, but it's wild, though. Yeah. So that's the consistent yeah. part is that you know it's wild versus something that's like a traditional, you know, spell Spellbook or something like that.
1: Yeah, and, and kind of having those boundaries of who can do what and, and things along those lines. It talks about NPCs and keeping the characters consistent, having logical consistency with them um in realistic mode is now now we're i'm gonna go into some of that stuff like with the dungeons and stuff like that so there is there has been discussion about a lot of these things and like dungeon ecology and in your basic ecology and setting up a sensible world that's very much i feel not a thing that we have to express in the 21st century of baby it's not very much part of it yeah but There's also been some pushback from OSR where it's like, yeah, you know what? What if we do just make a dungeon filled with random crap? It's fun. It doesn't have to make sense. It's silly. Mm -hmm. So it kind of flies in some of the things that I feel have been said in the OSR trying to play more old school. But you're talking to 92 when AD&D is coming up. The story game modules are pretty heavy at that point and getting heavier and a lot of things are focusing more on what people might call railroad y type adventure paths and things like that start becoming more dominant within the game at that point. So this is kind of a an interesting, I don't know, a marker on the timeline or something like that.
0: <laughs> I think it's a marker on a timeline. I think it's also important for our listeners to understand that you know you should. Play whatever style of game you want to play with your gaming group. If your gaming group likes the random exploration and going into dungeons, you know, beating up monsters, collecting your treasure, that's fine. If you want to have more of a story-based objective adventure, which may end up being a little bit more rare-roady, I think that's fine as well, too. It really depends on what your gaming group likes. I mean, within our group, I think we have players of all different styles. (laughs) We all enjoy different styles of games, so I think it's fine.
1: And I think that also when they're saying this stuff, there's an assumption that we're trying to make a super serious heroic campaign. I mean, sometimes when we play, it can be a little lighthearted. Let's say we just do have a random bar in the middle of the desert where there's nothing else. How is, where are the people coming from? Where's the money coming from? Where's the alcohol coming from? Why is this bar here? But the absurdity of it could be the fun element of it in running something like that a very Douglas Adams feel type well, thing that you like, can set uh, up. <laughs> you
0: know, exactly. So you, you remember when we played Troika, Troika is exactly that. It's supposed to be Suspend Your Disbelief. Um, I mean, there's many other games out there that have that style of play. You know, I just picked up, what was it? Galaxy Goons and The Goon's Guide to the Galaxy, which is supposed to be a Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy type of game as well, too. So you Game doesn't have to be purely scientific. If it was, we spend our whole time trying to track stats and encumbrance and food and water and stuff and toilet paper. I mean, I don't know. Does Logar carry toilet paper when he goes adventuring?
1: Um, actually, yeah, I do. So when I pack my pack for, for going out in the middle of the woods, I will have a, a Ziploc baggie, a plastic baggie full of toilet paper. I have <laughs> one full of extra socks as well. <laughs> and I have baby wipes. I am prepared. I am prepared. <laughs> See, there you go.
0: But within the gaming world, so gaming Logar, Logar the Barbarian Hyperborea, does he pack toilet paper?
1: We just need leaves. We just need. Yeah, leaves.
0: exactly. I think that's what happened last game, right? You were looking for some <laughs> leaves to clean yourself off. So.
1: Overall, I think their purpose and their point of this was saying in order, like, you, you, we want to suspend disbelief because we want to believe in the magic. We want to believe in the dragons and the mystical creatures. But in order to do that, there has to be found in some kind of logic. Like There has to be some kind of like, oh, I can ground myself in the reality of the situation. And I don't know if that's always true for games, like we just said. But that's kind of the assumption of this article and kind of where they're working from. And it's definitely something that I'd say is much the assumed norm at this point in dungeons and dragons modern versions of the way that most people approach it you know the the random just kind of silly go and attack a monster in various places that makes no sense has been looked down upon except for some corners in the osr which even some of those may not be as uh, the OSR may not be as open to just that absurd dungeon filled with random roll monsters. <laughs>
0: right. So I guess, you know, the question for you, having played Palladium before, where Rifts slash Palladium, where some of the uh, universes and genres in there, you definitely have to suspend your disbelief. But within Palladium and Rifts, even wow. there, I think there's some science and rules to give provide structure
1: to the game, right? I think there's a it's a different, a big difference between the Palladium, like if you're playing Rifts versus if you're playing advanced Dungeons and Dragon or any d and d in d and d, there's a lot of modules and people are playing existing adventures. So you got to worry about the dungeon ecologies and stuff like yep. that. Usually they're laid out and you're making adventures that way. In riffs, it just it's got lots of books that describe the world, lay out what's been going on in the world. It gives the history of the world and the conflicts. It gives you background on things that happen. It gives you nothing to work with barely at all. Every now and then you get a hook, line, sinker and running an adventure. And hook, line, and sinker is about the closest they do. They call it a hook. Like, so they give you a hook. They give you a line, something to draw you in and then the sinker as how you make an adventure. But it, there's little to nothing drawn out for actually having an adventure or a pre-made adventure. So... That's kind of always been in the Dungeon Master or the Game Master's wheelhouse. When you're playing those games, the DMs have always had to come up and figure out how that's going to work. But the world around it is extremely fleshed out. So all those questions like they're saying here, grounding it in reality, answering how this goes or that goes, the economy of it. And stuff like that, those things are really fleshed out for you.
0: <laughs> so those aspects are fleshed out, at least from a uh, a source book material structure standpoint, in terms yeah. of the city, the urban environment, that yeah. type of thing. But how now about the like, cities the...
1: themselves aren't necessarily mapped out all a lot of the time? Some of them are so like the adventures and how you're gonna interact with the world isn't. So I feel that you're kind of doing a different thing when it comes to DMing or GMing in that, as opposed to what we do with our you know, D&D games. So I'm not sure if that answers your question or not.
0: <laughs> no, I just curious because, you know, my impression of Palladium was that there's a lot of stuff that you can do that's very gonzo and you have to suspend your disbelief in terms of how powerful you can create some of your characters and that type of stuff. So that's what I was curious about.
1: Yeah, like there is, like you can create, just pull just about anything you want into it, but it's usually coming from another place or another, like the Palladium the Palladium Fantasy setting itself is very fleshed out, unique setting. It's very interesting. The original Palladium Fantasy role playing game is a cool ass game. Magic in there is very different in good ways. I don't know how I would begin to make magic as cool in DD as it kind of gets in the Palladium game. Like one of the things, it's got some really twisted things you have to do. Like you got to be willing to sacrifice in blood sacrifices to make magic happen a lot of times. So it gets crazy. But anyhow, that's about all we got time for today. If you've enjoyed what you've heard here, please give us a positive review wherever you're listening. We're on Facebook, just search Wobblies and Wizards. Wobbliesandwizards.com is our blog. I'm on Twitter at LogarHaleCrom. I just want to take a second, real quick, to thank James, Huffa, Jim, Kyle, Michael, Cameron, Rory, Todd, Ravi, Omer, John, Mike, and Richard for your support on Patreon. We're on Patreon, and we could really use the support. If you can you can swing that, please go on over to patreon.com backslash Wobblies and Wizards. And as always, keep those dice rolling.
0: And on Patreon, if you join Patreon, you hear exclusives, uh, outtakes, extra interview material, as well as joining our uh, private Discord group.